WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available on HD Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle One, two, two, three, three. Hold up And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live on this Sunday morning, the day before Halloween, October 30th, 2022. It is 8 a.m., and I'm Cameron Riddle. So glad to be with you, coming to you live from the hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios in downtown Indianapolis, ahead of this Indianapolis Colts Sunday, where the roof will be closed there at Lucas Oil Stadium. We are now just days away from Election Day 2022, and it's time to see, are you paying attention? There are some big headlines that have come out in the past couple of days, particularly about the candidates running to run Indiana's election office. Have you heard the name Diego Morales? If you haven't, maybe Google it real quick, because we're going to talk about the headlines surrounding Diego Morales and why... uh, People like Republic, uh, excuse me, people like reporter, longtime journalist, and now columnist Jim Shella is saying Diego Morales is unfit to serve as the Secretary of State. Now, this is the office that would determine all of the election laws, the election processes for the entire state of Indiana. But this morning, there are also Republicans who are saying this guy, who formerly worked for Mike Pence and Todd Rokita, should not be the Secretary of State. And it's not because he worked for them, but it's because he was fired by them. We'll tell you about those headlines coming up here in just a second. At 8.30, we'll have our friends over from the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative to bring us up to speed as they are now ready to solicit the second round of requests for proposals. Remember, there's that $100 million grant that can be really used for anything that improves the quality of life for African-Americans in Indianapolis. We already told you about the first round of money that was um, sent out earlier this year. And now it is time for round two. So at the bottom of the hour at 830, uh, I hope you have your information ready. Get your pens ready, because if you are doing something for the community, if you've got a business, if you've got an organization and you've been trying to figure out, man, if I could just get a little bit of help, if I could get some financial backing, um, we would be able to do so much more. Uh, Well, that information is coming up today at 8.30 right here on Open Line. So keep your radios uh, right there. Uh, We're going to start the hour, though, talking about the 2022 election, which is on November 8th. Okay, Uh, it is October 30th. We just got to make it to November 8th. Now, already. We are seeing um, some unprecedented and in a lot of ways concerning things with the election. One of them, of course, just this past Friday. Uh, the husband of Speaker Nancy Pelosi, her husband was attacked with a hammer in their California home. The person uh, who attacked her husband um, did send him to the hospital. Um, He is okay, but as you can imagine, shaken up, the family's uh, heartbroken. But as he went into the house, he was asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? which, of course, is the same phrase that was being shouted on January 6th in Washington, D.C. So we're not even to the election yet, but already it is becoming a big deal because of the the tone and the temperature of some of the things that we are seeing. The balance of power between the Republicans and the Democrats uh, is, looks like it's going to be razor thin when we watch races like um, in Georgia with Herschel Walker and then uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, as much odd things that have gone on and headlines that have come out against Herschel Walker, statistically, he is in a tie right now um, with Senator Raphael Warnock, Senator and Reverend Raphael Warnock. This morning in Indiana, there are also some headlines that are 
uh, coming out that sound a little similar to some of the things we're seeing about we're hearing about Herschel Walker in Georgia. But here, the Indiana Secretary of State's um, race has gotten a little more interesting. Now, this would be a race that you otherwise probably wouldn't be paying attention to. You know, the Secretary of State, as I said, is an important role here in the state of Indiana. They they regulate everything that has to do with Indiana um, elections. Um, there has not been a Democrat in that role since Joe Hogsett was the Secretary of State back in 1990. So it has been um, over a decade, really it's been two decades and some change now since a Democrat has been in charge of the Indiana Secretary of State's office. But some this morning are saying that there is a chance that this year that might change because even Republicans are asking you, are telling you, in some cases begging you, not to vote for a man named Diego Morales. He is the Republican nominee for Indiana's Secretary of State's office. There have been several stories that have come out about him in the past couple of weeks, including this week, um, that revealed some sexual assault claims by two different women. That was first reported by um, Abdul Hakim Shabazz on his website in his uh, cheat sheet. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But before even all that came out, there was a lot of interesting headlines um, about Diego Morales, 39-year-old Republican who immigrated here from Guatemala uh, with his family as a little boy. Uh, they call Indiana home for a very long time, and he says he is the American dream. But folks around him, including those in the Republican Party, um, are saying otherwise. Let me explain why. Diego Morales was previously, um, first off, a candidate for the 4th Congressional Office. Um, he ran in a race a couple years ago and did not win, but He's also worked for Mike Pence, who apparently he was fired um, from one job and left another. When he worked under Indiana Secretary of State Todd Rokita, who of course is now the Attorney General, he was fired from working in the very office that he is now running to be the leader of. Documents have been pulled by num a number of uh, news outlets and news organizations. Um, and some of the things they have found reveal that uh, Todd Rokita's office formally disciplined Morales after eight months on the job due to, quote, incomplete work. This is according to the Associated Press, as well as inefficient execution and a lack of focus, according to the records obtained under Indiana's uh, Public Records Act. He refused to agree to a work improvement plan and had filed notice that he intended to quit when he was fired. Two years later, Morales left a different job at the state after refusing to sign on to a work improvement plan under the former state secretary of state, Charlie White. Charlie White himself made headlines because he was removed from office in 2012 after being convicted of voter fraud. So if you're following me, this guy who formerly used to work inside of the Secretary of State's office was fired by Todd Rokita for incomplete work, inefficient execution, and lack of focus. Two years later, he's in a different job under Secretary of State Charlie White, who himself is now a convicted criminal. So even the conv the convicted criminal secretary of state who was removed from office didn't think that Morales was good enough to do the low-level, standard-level operations job that he was doing. Now, Diego Morales is back to run the same office that he was fired from. Now, come back if you like. Everybody likes a good comeback story, but... Uh, there have also now been concerns that he's been um, involved with some shady business deals. There's also been uh, a number of stories about uh, 
he was enlisted for military service and with the National Guard, but it appears, according to the records released uh, by the service, he's only ever really did the most basic training. He was never deployed anywhere. Uh, but apparently, if you go to his website, um, he's touting his military experience. Now, he's shifted his tone a bit because of this. He previously was saying that he wanted to make cuts to Indiana's early voting laws to make an election task force. Uh, he was an election denier, but in recent weeks, he's quieted off of that and has actually said that he thinks Indiana's early voting process is just fine. All this is happening while the Democrat who was running for office, Destiny Wells, um, is running her race, does have military service. She is an attorney. And folks are saying, that's the person you need to vote for. Two of those people who are now saying you need to vote for Destiny Wells are two women who talk with Abdul Hakim Shabazz, um, two women who also identify as lifelong Republicans, women who've worked in the state government for Republicans, they are asking you not to vote for Morales after in two different incidents, these two women um, years ago, when one of them was 20, the other was 22, uh, one went to the house with um, Morales and he was a, he was aggressively kissing her and rubbing on her when that was not something that she wanted. She was finally able uh, to get away after he had pinned her to a wall. This was a woman who says at the time she was 20. This apparently happened back in 2007. The other woman says at age 22, she was working in the Secretary of State's office when after a dinner with Morales, he invited himself up to her apartment and then repeatedly kissed her. She told Abdul that she had to forcibly push him off of her. Now, he's, she says it never got physically worse than that, but it happened in subsequent weeks at work when he then continued to suggest that, quote, I gave him a chance. It was, quote, a lot of that. It was a lot of manipulation. Both women have told Abdul that they are now supporting the campaign of Destiny Wells, Morales' Democratic opponent. This is according to the Indy Star in a statement on Friday. Morales, of course, has denied the allegations, saying, As a husband and father, I understand sexual harassment is deplorable and can leave devastating scars. The claims being made against me are false, and I unequivocally deny all of them. The women who have not revealed their identity uh, say they can, this is a further quote from Morales. The women who will not reveal their identity cannot corroborate their stories. This was said prior to a release uh, from the Indiana Republican Party chair who says after nominating uh, Morales to this role at the GOP convention, um, they learned of these uh, allegations, but the Republican Party says it is not now, nor was it then, um, the role of the Indiana GOP to reveal, to tell those women the story of these women. Um, so that is just a little bit of a piece of where we are um, with Indiana's election for. Attorney General, this uh, not Attorney General, excuse me, Secretary of State. This is one a race that, again, we have not had a Democrat in that role since 1990. Um, that's when the current mayor of Indianapolis, Joe Hogsett, was Secretary of State. Um, Joe Hogsett, and so um, here we are with folks this morning. Now, like Jim Shella saying Diego Morales is unfit to serve as Secretary of State, he is saying um, Charlie White, the most recent candidate for Secretary of State, the guy who I told you who got fired, um, he's important here because even he fired him. Um, Shella says that this matters because of the vote choices that you have in November involves three candidates, Morales, Libertarian, Jeff Maurer, and Democrat Destiny Wells. He says it matters because the Secretary of State is in charge of our elections, and at a time when the validity of elections around the country is being challenged, we need someone competent to fill that role. 
He also says, did I mention that Morales was calling the 2020 election a scam? GOP leaders will continue to support Morales because they know that if elected and then removed as white, as a Republican, a Republican governor can just name a replacement, which would just take Morales totally out of the equation. So there is no benefit to taking him off the ballot now. If he wins, Eric Holcomb can just appoint, can remove him from that role and then appoint another Republican. So there is no benefit, Jim Shella says, to taking Morales off of the ballot right now. This is, of course, now after the very latest allegations uh, of two women accusing him a sexual assault. So the question for you this morning is, have you heard about this? Pick up your phone, your tablet, your laptop, sit at your computer, and take a look at some of the names of the people who are running. Um, now, as is my policy on this show, I don't tell you who to vote for, but I tell you what folks are saying so that you know that there are consequences to your vote, to this election, and I don't want people to say, well, why didn't you tell us about this person? So I'm telling you, this is the latest of the person who is running for Secretary of State. Now, again, we've got other races that we're paying attention to. We've got the uh, Senate between uh, McDermott uh, and our incumbent senator. Um, this is going to help determine the balance of power in the Senate, which, as you all know right now, um, is razor thin in the first place. It's, it's, a, it's a dead tie. Um, and so there are a number of things um, to watch in this race. So the question for you is, are you paying attention? Are you preparing to vote? Do you understand um, the stakes of this election? Of course, what happens in the Senate and on national politics and even in the state house is going to determine what rights women have for health care, which include abortion. Now that Roe v. Wade is a thing of, a, of the past. Uh, there are some Republicans who want to make things tighter and put a national ban in um, for um, women. The race between Todd Young and Thomas McDermott for Indiana Senate and to be Indiana senator in the uh, U.S. Capitol is going to help determine that. There's also the race here in Marion County um, with. Cindy Carrasco, who we first had here on a show earlier this year as the Republican nominee to be Indiana's, to be Marion County's, that is, prosecutor, running against the current incumbent, Ryan Mears. Uh, of course, they have two very different philosophies. Ryan Mears, the Democrat, we've also had him uh, here on this show when he announced that he would be running for re-election uh, in late December of last year. And so you're seeing a lot of signs out there. Cindy Carrasco is getting a lot of support from uh, folks like the Indianapolis Fraternal Order of Police. And there are a lot of signs out there that say um, Cindy Carrasco, the big blue sign. And then next to it, they've got signs out that say uh, fire uh, Ryan Mears. Are you fed up? Fire, fire Ryan Mears is what some of those signs are saying out there. So in any of these races, are you paying attention? And... Are you prepared to vote? And do, would you like to share who you're voting for? You can early vote right now, and I'm going to I'm going to be early voting today after the show. I'll give you some of the give you some of those times is what I'm trying to say on when and where you can early vote uh, as quickly as today here in Marion County at a number of different vote centers. But to talk, there's something you need to do, and that's dial a new phone number. If you've already been calling 239-9696, it doesn't ring in here anymore. I don't know where it's ringing, but we have a new phone number here. Um, the number to call to get on the show now is 239-100.9. That's 239-1009. Call that number and get on the show right now. That's the new number to get on the air here for open lines, 239-100.9. 239-100.9. Dial it right now. It's time to talk to you and have a little bit of open lines for the next couple of minutes uh, before our next segment, just after 
239-1039. That's the new number to call, 239-100.9, Call me right now and let's talk politics uh, ahead of Election Day 2022, November 8th. 239-1009 is our new uh, phone number. And there you all are starting to call uh, the new number right now. 239-1009. 239-100.9. Okay, you tired of me saying it? All right. I think you got it. I'll keep saying it, though. Uh, you can vote um, today at uh, Marion County's voting centers. And I'm going to pull that information up because I have it here. Um, where and when to vote in Marion County for early voting. All of this is on a um, is on a website where you can get uh, all of your voting information. And I'm going to tell you to go to the website. If you miss what I'm saying here as we get ready to go to the phones, uh, you can early vote. Um, it is now the 30th. So you can vote between now and November 6th at the Decatur Township Government Center, the Franklin Township Government Center, the Lawrence Township Schools Education Center, the Perry Township Government Center, the Pike Library Branch, the Warren Township Government Center, St. Luke's United Methodist Church, and Thatcher Park Community Center. Um, you can click individually and see what the hours for each location is but for example there's one that's going to be open today um the hours on i believe the hours are actually going to be all the same for these locations for the next couple of days but 11 a.m until 6 p.m the vote centers are open also on election day 6 a.m to 6 p.m but right now they are open from 11 a.m to 6 p.m so let's go to the phones are you voting are you paying attention 239 100 Nine two three nine one zero zero nine. Let's go to the callers right now. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. 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 You're live on the air. Who's this? This is Sheila. Sheila, what's on your mind? Well, I, I just find it interesting that the Republicans would slate someone who truly is unqualified, but it seems to be a representation of how they want to cancel the vote of all voters by basically removing him once he's in office and then having Governor Holcomb appoint someone they really want to be in the job. So they couldn't run someone else on their own merit. They decided to put someone in unqualified, thinking that the truth about his background would not be uncovered or that people would just ignore it. Mm -hmm. And that's the sad part about what's going on now is that the integrity of the individuals that are running for office is non-existent, and people are fine with voting for someone who doesn't have integrity, and that's a sad state of affairs for America. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. All right, 317-239-100.9. We'll see how many times I say the old phone number. 239-100.9. I have trouble not saying the the other station, the other number, which have you clicked on that dial recently? That's totally the opposite of what used to be on it. It's actually kind of funny to me. 317-239-100.9. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? How are you doing, Cameron? I'm Brother good. How are you? Good morning. All right. Going good. Doing good. Uh, yeah, another race. I read a nice long piece about from the AP News was uh, Mrs. Green running against Mervyn for the uh, congressional district in our area. Uh, no, I think it cuts off when we get to Michigan City, but definitely in Lake County. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's from Gary, mm -hmm. uh, has some colorful thoughts. Miss Green does, if you all are not familiar with her, uh, military veteran, uh, sister girl, uh, running from the Republican ticket against uh, Mervyn, who took over for, uh, took over, for, uh, I think, in 2018 and 19 for, um, I forgot the outgoing congressman that was in our area. But anyway, uh, there, this, this was a real good article. The, re the Republicans, the supposedly the outreach director, I, I, I don't have his name handy, but Miss Yates may know, supposedly the outreach, the national outreach director is saying that they've got uh, many, many uh, more blacks, Latinos, Asians, and uh, uh, running for, running all over. So it's, it's an attack. But this guy running for Secretary of State, yeah, that's a disturbing article. But like they said by Herschel Walker, Another woman just came forward, but the lady, uh, uh, I think it was uh, um, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene or one of them said, "We don't care. We don't care. He could have he could have burnt down the, uh, uh, the the Sistine Chapel. We want power in the Senate. It's all about power, and that's what we as black people, Kanye has shown people, we do not have power. I know we vote, but there's three tiers to this thing: voting, economics, and then boycotting." Don't just vote when you see things not right. Those people who support Tucker Carlson, these companies out here that support people you don't like, track down the money and don't spend money with them. Just, we have to fight this thing with three tiers, and then we definitely got to hold even the Democrats accountable if and when they get in there because this city council here has just done things that they just need to be held accountable, and, 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 and we just haven't. But when it goes to the, what's going on in the state, oh, McDermott, he's got the machine behind him. Oh, Hammond Mayor, I know about McDermott very well. Hammond Mayor, he, he, he has the machine behind him. He may not win, but he's, he may come back again. So it's interesting, but uh, make no mistake, uh, these are important elections, and they do uh, shape some some uh, things that will happen. Uh, because once people get the power to pen, they will use it. Thank you. Thank you. Three one seven two three nine one hundred point nine. Three one seven two three nine one hundred point nine. That that is the new number here in the studio. As you know, uh, if you're listening, you've obviously found us on either one hundred six point seven or one hundred point nine. by the way, the station where you have a chance to win $100 with the 100, keep it 100 cash contest. Your chance to win $100 four times a day on 100.9. And so because we are now on 100.9, our phone number has now updated to 239-100.9. And I will be saying this ad nauseum because if you call 239-9696 like I did, it just rings. I don't know who it rings to. But it's not me. So to talk to me, to talk to us on the show, 317-239-100.9. That's the number to call to get on the air right now. Let's go to the next caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, I'm getting a good laugh this morning, Cameron. Because why? Because the thing with Pelosi, nobody's going to break into a gated community with armed guards and uh, guard dogs. That's nothing but a stunt that people are going for. It. Let them go ahead and go for it. The thing with Morales and all these other things with Herschel Walker, uh, who these women, why wouldn't they have a reported rape case when it ha- actually happened Then the wait for uh, 10, 15 years later to bring forward the mess like that? I mean, if we keep on doing this, Cameron, women are doing themselves a disservice because we're going to get to a point where nobody's going to have anything to do with them. Well, you know, but, I, 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 I get where you're coming from on that point, but let me ask you this, because if you ask the Republicans, they'd say, well, hey, we didn't know about those allegations until after we nominated him. They're, gonna, they're saying, hey, we didn't know about that when we nominated him. We know about it now. But let me ask you this. What they did know about before nominating him was his record and that he was fired from the office that he's trying to run. Is that somebody you would support when even Todd Rokita – um, who is the current attorney general, and he was in charge, said that the man couldn't do his, his job then, and he fired him. Now he wants to run for that same office. Would you vote for him? He, he, I already have, but he's part of the political Republican machine in the, within the state. Governor Hogan can appoint anybody he wants to take that office, and uh, Diego probably already agreed to that. So I just don't know what color people are all about, especially on the city council. The whole city council, all they're doing, uh, Cameron, is getting this city involved in uh, municipal bond debt so high, and and the principals are already being called on these on these uh, debts because they can't uh, can't pay the dividends. So what what's happening is is the city of Indianapolis is being set up for a receivership, right? You know what a receivership is. When Mick Daniel was in office, he passed legislation so that cities could be appointed a receiver when their bond debt load got so high and they couldn't afford the dividend. So that's what's happening in Indianapolis. That's why we have a majority colored and minorities on those principal positions on the council right now. People are, are, I don't know what's the problem, but you know, Cameron, they hate Donald Trump so much. and, And the old saying goes, hate is suicidal. They will pay seven or eight dollars a gallon for gas as long as they can spike Donald Trump. I mean, you know, I usually buy cereals, right? The box that I was paying uh two seventy five for 
before this mess started is now six dollars. So I don't know what they're thinking about. I mean, they must be masochists, but they can't see. Nobody wants to talk about the the guy that's running for government for our Senate in Pennsylvania who have had a stroke and is clearly unqualified. Why do they talk about that? Herschel Walker is going to win in this thing. Stacey Abrams is going to get beat down. She is the most ugly person I've ever seen. I mean, All who's right. going to vote for I'm sorry about this mm-hmm. personal attack, but I can't resist. You know, Cameron, I think that— uh, I'm, I'm going to stop out. you right there because you. I was letting you right. have your point. Okay. And you, Thanks, Cameron. Yeah, Thanks. you know what you did. You know you crossed I know it. what I did. I, I'm aware. All Probably right. Think. All right, Larry. <laughs> Uh, Larry Vaughn's election predictions um, this morning ahead of Election Day. One more call at our new phone number, 239-100.9. I wouldn't dial the point. I don't think you can do that on the phone. 239-109-239-1009-239-1009. That's our new phone number here at the station. Uh, one more phone call on this one. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Shalom, uh, Mr. Cameron. This is Taylor Bay. And uh, I noticed the signs with uh, Fire, this prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Fire Mr. Ryan Mears. Yes, sir. I, uh, I was brutally beaten at Eskenazi in, 2000, in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. The case was drugged through court by Brian Mears for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Brian Mears stated on the dismissal of the charges, which were trumped up because of the booking records were forged. The affidavit was forged, stating that I was at the location at four o'clock in the morning. In fact, I was at work. The fact is that Brian Mears utilized the taxpayer dollars to drag me through criminal court for four and a half years mm-hmm. and to dismiss the case taxpayers pay for that now i noticed on the on the screen uh advertising that he uh, has saved these taxpayers he would not waste finances for the taxpayers but this that and the other but to drag me through court for four and a half years on charges that i did not commit um and how did that end i beg your pardon how did it end? Mm-hmm. The case was dismissed. All charges dismissed. And I'm still going through, after five years now, I'm still going through paralysis, physical paralysis, and uh, my nerve damage, mm-hmm. total nerve damage of my wrist based on the, me being tortured by these people. And it's been swept under the rug. I haven't been able to find counsel. No one will represent me based on the fact that the case has been dismissed. What does a person do? They really don't. They really don't care about us. Well, I must say, uh, first, I'm sorry to hear about what you've gone through, but I think you would be calling to say that Ryan Mears is not getting your vote. He needs to be fired. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you weighing in. All right. 317-239-1009-239-1009. 317-239-1009. That's 109. That's our new phone number here in the Open Lines studio uh, for the show. Brandon, let's uh, get ready to take a break. Uh, did a little bit of a preview there of um, election 2022, which is happening on November um, 8th. Um, early voting is happening today, right now. You can call and uh, you can call. You can go and vote today as I believe that I'm going to. You can vote today from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. at a number of different uh, voting centers across the city um, between now and on Election Day. And, of course, on Election Day, you can vote um, from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. The places open to vote today are the Decatur Township Government Center, the Franklin Township Government Center, the Lawrence Township School Headquarters, the Education Center, the Perry Township Government Center, the Pike Library Branch, Warren Township Government Center, St. Luke's United Methodist Church, and Thatcher Park Community Center. All places you can vote today looks like starting at 11 a.m. across the board, 11 a.m. until 6. Go vote. Not telling you who to vote for, but I'm telling you what's happening because the more you mess around, the more 
you will find out because elections have consequences and we want to make sure everybody is prepared and informed look up and see who's running before you vote look them up all right in our next segment it is time to check in with the indianapolis quality of life african-american quality of life initiative as they are now ready to hear from you they are ready for their second round of request for proposals to help improve the quality of life for african-americans in indianapolis if you've got a program a business some organization that is already on track to doing that but you need some financial help well get your pen and paper ready because there are grants out there 100 million dollars and it might have your name on it if you follow some of the tips that you will get from our next guest more of open lines is coming up in six minutes brandon let's take one big commercial break more of open lines is coming up on 100.9 and 106.7 wtlc And we are back here on Open Lines. I'm Cameron Riddle coming to you from the hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios on this Sunday before Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. Uh, while we're passing out trick or treat candy this week, folks are passing out help. If you have the best and greatest correctly done request for proposals, for about a year now, we've been telling you about the Indianapolis Quality of Life Initiative aimed at using $100 million to improve the quality of life for African-Americans in this city. The first round of grants have already been given out and good things are happening. So if you missed out on the first one, pay attention because they are back to give us an update on the second round of requests. Our good friends from the Indianapolis Urban League and the Quality of Life Initiative, Tony Mason, Dr. Carlin J. Tishner, and Willis Bright all join us on our lifeline. Uh-oh, I just hung up on uh, Carlin. My bad, Carlin. Uh, if you can call that number back, that is totally on me. Hit the button a little too fast. But right now, Tony and Willis are joining us on our lifeline right now. Good morning, gentlemen. Sure. Good, morning. good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. Good to hear from you all. I just hung up on uh, Carlin, so hopefully he can call back and I can get him back in here. That's my bad. All right. That's, we appreciate you having us, and we appreciate the opportunity to uh, update the community on what's happening with the Indianapolis African-American Quality of Life Initiative. Um, but maybe Tony could sort of give everybody a little brief update on what it is and then we can tell you what's coming down the second round tony go for hey, it hey, hey cameron good morning and good morning to the community uh, as you know we started out in august of 2020 uh, launching this initiative uh, thanks to a 100 million dollar grant from the lily endowment to the national urban league and uh, Cameron, we've been so thankful that you allowed us to come on over the past year or so to talk about it. The first time we came on, we were talking about the RFPs and you had us. Uh, we were on to announce that we had 40 uh, Indianapolis, Marion County, uh, not for be the recipients of grants from the first round. And so in essence, we had uh, over 40 organizations receive grants. Uh, a total of 52 grants altogether, totaling more than $21 million. And so we know that uh, almost most of those organizations have completed the process of uh, uploading their pro profiles and have actually received uh, allocations from the National Urban League, uh, payment allocations, that is. So we're just proud to be able uh, to bring these resources into the communities, critically needed resources that help address issues in education, employment, health, housing, as well as black business development and entrepreneurship. So, gentlemen, let me ask you, um, we've talked previously on here about uh, who some of the folks were who got the first round of grants. You were telling us last time that you would have some resources to help people who maybe were just missing something that just didn't have, you know, when you have these grants, every I has to be dotted, every T has to be crossed uh, to get that grant. And in some cases, that's all that kept people from getting a grant. But you said that there would be some resources 
for people to make sure that everything is perfect this time so they could get uh, get one of the awards? Uh, one of the things that we did a couple of weeks ago, we hosted a technical assistance workshop where people could come and learn how to put together an effective proposal. And we also then shared what some of the strategies that we would be funding this uh, round. We also are providing opportunities for people to come to the uh, Indianapolis Urban League or to either engage us online to discuss their proposals. Uh, we will have individuals to be able to listen to what it is they propose to do in the areas for which we will be doing funding this second round. So one of the things that we've tried to do is to have more opportunities for people to go through and understand the process for uh, developing an effective proposal. So you mentioned that there's a different uh, maybe set of things that, that may get some attention this time. What are some of those areas that you're looking at? Well, we will talk a little bit maybe about the things that we continued and then some new things. In the area of black business capacity development, we will be trying to find groups that are trying to aid black businesses by doing some mentoring of them to help develop their skills, to engage with contractors, with uh, vendor programs, especially with government programs that are providing opportunities for black businesses. So we will still be looking this round for businesses, organizations, 501c3s that are providing employment of the opportunities to develop businesses and hopefully to help them be able to employ more people. Uh, in the area of education, we still are going to support organizations that are providing quality education for three to four-year-olds. Uh, if kids are not ready to read by the time they get to school or to kindergarten, they're going to have a chance of not being able to achieve as much. So we're going to be looking for community programs in churches, community centers, and others that are providing early childhood education for black three- and four-year-olds. We, this time, are looking for those who may not already be involved in the quality system of the state board, but do have a license and would like to get in the quality system. Well, let me, st let, me, let me stop you right there, Willis, for the sake of time, because I want to make sure we're able to get some phone calls in. That's a good preview. That's a good chunk of things that are coming. Um, Carlin is back with us. Carlin, I apologize for hanging up on you. I just hit the button twice. That's my bad. Good morning. <laughs> no worries. Um, let, me, let me give you the chance to chime in here before we take some calls, as we've got about 10 minutes left. Yeah, I just want to highlight. So um, Willis mentioned that we have the technical assistance workshop on the 17th just want to highlight that all of the information and the recorded materials are actually on our website. So if you were not able to join us, we recorded the sessions individualized and available to you to read and watch anytime you want so that you can learn about things like logic model development, telling your story and how to get in the door with a funder. And then specifically for our initiative, what are the specific priorities that we're addressing this round? And you hear from a panelist that really highlights in more detail what our strategies and goals of those fundings will be. So please check out our website at www.iaaqli.org. You'll see a tab that says technical assistance. Check that out and learn more specifically about what we're trying to do in this round. We're on the air this morning talking about the second round of a request for proposals for the Indianapolis Quality of Life Initiative on the air this morning with us is Tony Mason, Carlin Tishner, and Willis Bright, our friends from the Indianapolis Urban League, who, of course, are always working to make Indianapolis a better place. Call us 317-239-109. That's 239. I guess it's really 10,009. The more I look at the sign, it's 239-1009. That's 10,009. 
Anyway, 100.9 is our new frequency, so that's our new phone number, 239-1009. That's the number to call to get on the air this morning and ask your questions. The phone lines are ringing, so with the remaining time I want to have, I want to make sure we can get some folks in here uh, to get their questions answered. So let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? How much money have you given out, Tony, to the actual recipients of those grants and how much money of the total grant? I'm talking about if you give somebody a million dollars, and you come and give them $100,000 for the first payment, that's not going to help their program. That's what it's set up to do, Cameron, All right. to get these 501c3s involved where they'll have to do something to get their money. All contract. right, I'm going to stop you so he can answer your question. Thank you, Thank you Larry. Cameron, uh, and to the community, uh, first and foremost, we awarded $21 million in the first round. And with the spirit of accountability and reporting that is required by both the National Urban League and the Lilly Endowment on this report, we are allocating payments based on the length of the, the grant agreement. So in essence, if it's a two-year agreement, then the grantee will likely receive two payments within each year, and that is provided that they are compliant with reporting and that they are progressing towards the goals outlined within their proposal. That's how you get to accountability with grant, grant efforts such as this. And I know Willis and or Carlin are free to chime in, but it's unfortunate that Larry continues to want to badmouth this initiative. So I hope for you, those of you out in the community who need resources and are doing great work, that you will not listen to that message. Some of you did in the first round. Don't do that this time. Carlin, Willis, any comments to share? Uh, no, let's let's hear another question. I think that was what we would consider a mic drop. 239-10009. No, 239. I'm having trouble with this. 239-1009. That's our new phone number. 239 239- one zero zero nine. If you're calling the old phone number, it's not ringing in here. Two three nine one zero zero nine is the new number. Uh, one hundred nine to get on the air here this morning. As more calls come in, um, gentlemen, as you said, uh, Tony, twenty one million has already um, been awarded. Um, so any notion that money is not going to folks who applied for it could easily be disproven. Yeah, a- absolutely. And that is just, it's, again, it's unfortunate that uh, you have narratives out there that, and, and, but it is, it is not true. And we're just excited that the National Urban League, the Indianapolis Urban League, are able to share these resources across the community as opposed to just simply attempting to do the work on our own. And that would not be possible to do it in an effective way, given all the needs. Uh, that we have within this community in those areas of education, employment, health, housing, black business development, and entrepreneurship. We need all of the organizations doing this work and in many instances doing it together. There's $100 million out there up for grabs. And if you have your paperwork and your message in order, some of it could be yours. Um, thanks to the work of the Indianapolis Quality of Life uh, Initiative, as well as the Indianapolis Urban League, 239-109-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? How you doing, Cameron? Tell me, brother. Just a quick question to Mr. Mason. Appreciate you. What's the uh, measurables or the time frame that you you all will uh, judge whether there's progress or whether there needs to be adjustments made to the uh, Quality of Life Initiative being a being a scientist, you know, we know about the scientific process, so we always have to go back and, and look and see uh, That's a great question. Our, our time frame and our measurables. So what's, what's the time frame for your, your measurables, seeing whether you have progress, regress, or the, thing, the adjustments need to be made? Thank you. Great question. Yeah, I can handle that question. So we are looking at interim reports at six months after a grantee is awarded and approved to move forward with the project. We will evaluate every six months to determine progress on that proposal. We are also creating learning communities for each grantee within their pillar. So for example, if I receive funding in education, I'll be combined with other grantees to learn and grow with them. And we would monitor those conversations, that development throughout the process to see 
how folks are progressing in their projects with the ultimate goal, obviously, to ensure that there's some outcomes for our uh, intended funding. Um, if you're curious about the specific measurements, I won't get into the science of it right now, you can certainly read the RFP, the Request for Proposals. It will outline each of the metrics that we're evaluating, and then again, every six months, if an organization is awarded, we'll be tracking against that articulated measurement. Yeah. Can you get, uh, go ahead, go ahead. We got two minutes yeah, left. Cameron, I think the important thing is that people go to our website, www.iaaqli.org, and look under funding opportunities. And there they will see the request for proposals for round two that will spell out what it is that people will be expected to present in their proposals for this second round. Uh, the second round, the proposals are open and people can go ahead and start applying. The deadline for proposals is December 2nd. December 2nd. So people should get to the website, look at funding opportunities, and it will be spelled out all of the strategy areas for which they can seek funding for round two. With that, that is an excellent way to wrap up the show. You got the information on where to go get, learn more and also the deadline to get in that request for proposal. Um, Gentlemen, uh, Willis, Carlin, Tony, thank you so much for uh, for coming on and giving us a good update uh, on um, how things are going. We look forward to continuing to follow uh, the next process. Thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Thank, thank you, you Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. We appreciate you, sir. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. We are back. Same time, same stations next Sunday live at 8. Coming up on Hot 100.9, it is Brandon, and he's going to tell you more about how you can win $100 by simply listening to this radio station. On WTLC, the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton is just seconds away. Al is walking to the studio and putting his headphones on. Remember to go out and vote early vote if you can. I'm going to go vote today. You can vote across Marion County from 11 until 6 a 6 p.m. today. And of course, Election Day is on November 8th, and you can vote across the county from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. As I've said, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not telling you who not to vote for. But I'm telling you who's running, and you should do some research. Because the more you mess around, the more you will find out that consequences come with your vote. I'm Cameron Riddle. Have a great Sunday and enjoy your Halloween.